0: Is it possible to have peace in every situation? Or are there some things where you just got to fall apart? Well, I believe it's possible. We're going to do a quick review. Remember the first four that we had over in the Carver's building was connecting our hearts to Christ's power. We looked at you're in the war. You remember that? That seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it, when we did that? You choose who wins. That was about the will. Number three was the real superpower. Remember we looked at persevering prayer and we looked at the power in God's word. And then we looked at victory by surrender. Have you had chance in the last four weeks to surrender? If you watch for it, it happens every day. Connecting our marriages to Christ. First we looked at, can you hear me? We looked at some some effective ways of communicating in our marriage. Then we looked at judge and jewelry, where we, remember we looked at the, uh, if we want to overcome judging, then we have to have love, heaven-born love. And so we had a quick look at First Corinthians 13. And then we looked at that TARDIS, you know, that telephone box type of thing, that was very big on the inside, but very small on the outside. And just like those little things that we do, they're very big on the inside then we looked at connecting our families to Christ's power lead not push that was leading by example family time and the ABCs and then in the last two we've gone back to connecting our hearts to Christ and dealing with some of the issues that we all have to deal with last time we looked at the purpose of trials I think we've all had a few since we did that and tonight peace in every situation just a reminder that you can, this doesn't have to be the end of Quarter Hour Power. You can order it on tape or CD or MP3 and you can listen to it all over again. They'll be ready in about a couple of weeks' time. And then I just wanted, Lowell did a, an ad for us on yesterday. And I just wanted to remind you, if you want to take a visit to restorationinternational.org, that's the ministry that I'm involved in. We're hit, based here locally. The Quarter Hour Power is not the only album. We, we leave on Wednesday to record this album, Guiding Principles for a Personal Walk, and then we've also done this with another family, the Waters family, they live up in Eureka, they travel, we travel with them, and then last year we did one, Guiding Principles for the Young Family, which this quarter hour power really has been a cut down version of bits and pieces of that. So if you want to get those, you can order those from the back table as well. Peace in every situation. You remember I shared with you in one of the seminars that I drove straight past this person who needed help. You remember that? Well, did I have peace in my heart? No. Now, I was chatting with Maria. She's not here. I don't see her anyway. And she said to me, maybe you should mention in one of your messages that ladies should be a bit careful about stopping. (laughs) Because she did actually stop to help somebody and got scolded by one of her family members for doing that. So I just want to add that. Ladies, you have to be very sure that it's God asking you to stop and help somebody. I think those men can take a a few more chances. But we still need to know it's the Lord's will. But when I passed that person in the snow, I did not have rest in my heart. Peace comes to us when we are at peace with God. There is no other way to get peace. If you're not at peace with God, you will never get peace. I guarantee it. Three steps to peace I want to look at tonight. First, we're going to take a quick look at gaining peace with the past. We've got to deal with the past. Then we're going to spend most of our time looking at peace in the present. And then we're going to have a quick look at the end at peace for the future. Well, skeletons in the closet. you have any skeletons in the closet? Don't put your hands up. But you know... Skeletons don't always stay in the closet, that's the problem, unless they are truly dead and buried. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is prepared to take those skeletons out of the closet and throw them to the bottom of the sea. But this skeleton, he's he's alive and well and he's coming out. He wasn't confessed, he wasn't dealt with. We have got to deal with the past. We need to know, if we want to have peace with the past, we need to know two things. We need to know that God has forgiven us, and we need to know... That we have forgiven ourselves. You know, it is possible almost to go through the process of knowing that God has forgiven you and still feeling bad. Because you haven't forgiven yourself. If you haven't forgiven yourself and God has, you're putting yourself above God. I know better than you, God, this one's not worth forgiving. So we need to forgive ourselves and we need to ask God. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins And to cleanse us from, how much? All unrighteousness. We need to confess. That's the first thing we need to do. And when we confess, sometimes when you confess your sins, you don't feel any different afterwards. You still feel rotten. I mean, so I I got down on my knees, but that's cheap. I mean, anybody get down on their knees and say, sorry. Sometimes it feels cheap. But by faith, we can say, yes, I've confessed to God. And we don't have to rely on our feelings. We can believe his word. Mark 11.24, if you're taking notes, write this down. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. That would apply to forgiveness. Here's a quote from a little book, Steps to Christ, by my favorite author, page 51. There is a condition to this promise. Now, in the book, the author has just referred to the text that we just looked at. About you're forgiven. There is a condition to this promise that we pray according to the will of God. But it is the will of God to cleanse us from sin and to make us his children and to enable us to live a holy life. So we may ask for these blessings and believe that we receive them. And thank God that we have received them. It is our privilege Listen to this last sentence. It is our privilege to go to Jesus and be cleansed and to stand before his law without shame or remorse. Isn't that good news? That w- that can happen to us sinners. If we confess, and that's as far as, that's good, but if that's as far as we go, we need to repent. To repent is to turn away, is to not do it anymore. That's, what, that's all repent means, doing a 180, turning round. Repentance is a gift, remember, we studied that. And then repent and then restore. You know, sometimes when we do things wrong, not only do we have to confess and repent, but we have to go back and make it right. Now, Jesus said he would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will give us the power to do that. I know that can't be done in every situation, but when it can, when the Lord puts it on your heart, Know that the full peace with the past comes as we do that. And if we leave those things undone, oh, I've confessed and I've stopped doing that. But if we, if we don't take it all the way, we don't get all the peace. Do you want all the peace? Then take God at his word. Summary, just very quickly. Confess our known sins. Repent and restore. And then choose, resolve to live for God entirely from this point onwards. Now I want to have a look at finding peace with the present. That's now. That's today. That's the things that are going on this week. Look in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to spend a bit of time here. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. A well-known portion of scripture. And one of my favorite portions. Matthew Chapter 11, verse 28, says, if you have a red letter Bible, you'll see this is in red. This is Jesus Christ himself speaking, recorded by Matthew for us here. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy... And my burden is light. So go back to 28. This is Jesus speaking. And he says come unto. Who? Me? Come unto me. All ye that labor and heavy laden. And that's all of us. We're all loaded up with sin. And I will give you rest. So rest comes from no place. According to the Bible. Rest comes from no place other than Christ. You won't find rest in Hawaii. You won't find rest in another church. You won't find rest in another house or even another spouse. You'll only find rest in Christ. It's Christ that says, come unto me and I will give you rest. Oh, if only our world, if only our church, if only Christians at large could realize that the only place in this whole world where we will find true rest is when we come to Christ. And if we come halfway to Christ, we get half the rest. And if we come 90% of the way to Christ, that 10% seems like 90%. That's the bit that we lose. We have to come all the way to Christ to get the rest. Reading on there, it says, take my yoke upon you. Oh, what is a yoke? Well, there's a yoke. You know, it's a uh, piece of wood with a hole at either end. And, you know, normally the cattle stick their head through one side and the other, you know, oxen sticks his head through the other side and, I always thought of a a yoke as a kind of a negative thing. Put a yoke on. Oh no, I'd like to be free. I don't want a yoke on. But here Christ is saying, take my yoke upon you. This is all part of getting peace. You know, did you realize that we all wear a spiritual yoke? You can't see it. I wish I could press this clicker that I have in my hand and I could just... So you could all see your spiritual Yoke. I could see it flopping on the pew next to you. We all wear a spiritual yoke. But the question is, who designed the yoke that you've got on tonight? And then, what load are you pulling with your yoke? I mean, that's what a yoke's for. It's to make the load easier to pull. They didn't tie the cart just onto the tail of the oxen and say, off you go. That wouldn't have been fair they put a yoke on him to make it easier and that's why Christ wants us to wear a yoke so who's in this yoke that's you on one side who is on the other side of your yoke do you know Jesus Christ I hope so if you have his yoke on then he is on the other side but the devil has a yoke as well and most people have got the devil's yoke on and he's pulling them here and pulling them there One of my favorite books, Our High Calling, by my favorite author again, page 100, says, Men frame for their own necks yokes that seem light and pleasant to wear. That's called an easy life. That's us in charge. But they, that's their yoke, prove galling in the extreme. We often think we are having a hard time in bearing burdens. Do any of you think you're having a hard time? It's a bit of a clue as to whose yoke you're wearing. Oh, life is so hard. Oh. We often think we are having a hard time in bearing burdens. And it is too often the case. Because God has not made any provision for us to carry those burdens. Half the things, brothers and sisters, that we're carrying around. They were our idea. Or the devil put them on the cart. And we're trying to pull them along in our own strength. Christ's yoke is made to measure. It fits us perfectly. Christ is on the other end of his yoke. So now you realize the yoke, what does it do? It connects us to God. Would any burden be too heavy if in the other side of your spiritual yoke, which you can't see, there was Jesus Christ? His strength would pull anything, wouldn't it? His amazing strength pulls most of the load and the Bible says that We get the easy end. We get the light end. So if you're plowing through life and it's hard, then now I don't want to leave anybody with any misconceptions. Sometimes the Christian life is hard. But it's a whole lot easier than doing it without Christ. It really is. Christ's yoke is doing God's will in every aspect of our lives. That's what Christ's yoke is. Christ's yoke is choosing Christ with every decision we have to make. We have many little decisions to make during the day. Christ's yoke is seeking first the kingdom of Christ. Trusting his love, trusting his law and trusting his word. If we are doing those things, we are wearing the yoke of Christ. Listening to his still small voice as he guides you through the day. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in me. We'll have perfect peace when we're with Christ. That same book again, our high coil in page 100. In accepting Christ's yoke of, of what? Restraint and obedience. You will find... That it is the greatest help to you. Wearing this yoke keeps you near the side of Christ. And he bears the heaviest part of the load. If Christ is on the other end of that yoke, he's near you all the time, isn't he? And he's carrying the load. Put on the the yoke of Christ. You know that famous hymn, there is a place of quiet rest. You know what the next line is? Where? Near to the heart of God. There is a place where sin cannot molest. Where is it? Near to the heart of God. So what robs us of peace? Just very briefly, it is the love of self that brings unrest. That's a quote from the Desire of Ages, page 330. Doing it, doing life our way, pushing our agenda, trying to get our way, that's when we lose the peace. We think if we can get our way, we'll get peace. We get our way, we don't get peace. We get Christ's way, we get peace. Living for me and mine, rather than Christ and others. Isaiah fifty-seven twenty-one says, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. We disconnect ourselves from Christ. If we don't follow where he leads, then there is no peace. So, very quickly, finding peace with the present. Wear his yoke. Live life connected to Christ's power. Plug into him and stay connected. Finding peace for the future. Well, finding peace for the future is you only need to add one little ingredient to what we've already spoken of. And that is, if we've allowed Christ to purge the past and empower the present, then all we need to do is rest in hope, the Bible tells us. Acts 2.26. All we need to do is rest in hope. If we've dealt with the past and if we're letting him deal with the present. Joshua 24.15. I shall close our quarter-hour power series with this text. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And I say this, as for me and my house, and I hope you can join me in that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, these two paths, you see some people, we can go that way, or we can go that way. We start at the same point, that's tonight. Tonight. But in five years' time, those two paths will be a long way apart. Choose you this day, whom you will serve. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.